Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, June 7th, 2014. This show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. We have a great show lined up for you here tonight. I'm going to be presenting on air live over probably the next couple of weeks at least my cosmic abandonment presentation. The presentation is all about the connection of the interference theory of human origins as we have been discussing over the last several weeks to the current human condition. I subtitled it an explanatory synthesis regarding human origins psychopathy, slavery, and the current psychological and social conditions of humanity. I figured before we unpack all of this information and go into detail in some of the source documents and traditions, let me lay out the thesis. Let me lay out my thesis in its entirety regarding where we came from. What has led to the condition as we are experiencing it today in, in our world, in the current times in which we live? And then we can go and explore the detail. But I figured, let's put it all out on the table, and what better way to do that than give an extended version of my cosmic abandonment presentation here on What on Earth is Happening. So that's coming up on the show tonight. I'm also going to be taking calls in the last hour of the show, so if you want to get into the call queue, the call-in number to join us is 800-313-9443. Once again, the call-in number to join us live on the air, and uh, the topic will not be limited. You could ask basically anything you want. I just want to 
leave some time for questions and not just lecture through the whole three hours of the show. So I'm um, trying to leave some time to take your calls. The call in number once again, 800-313-9443. I do have a couple of quick event announcements that I'd like to uh, read first and before we jump into the subject matter. The uh, presentation that I gave in St. Louis this past Saturday called Streetwise Spirituality, it was an all-day seminar, went over uh, with tremendous success. I consider that it was highly successful. I want to thank the organizers, uh, Ray Mummy and his wife Pat Mummy, and I want to thank everybody who helped out organizing the event, particularly Adnan from UFO Hub, who uh, recorded it, got it on video, and also interviewed me after the seminar. I want to thank Barb, my partner, for running the uh, the, the table uh, at the door there and helping out throughout the entire day. Uh, and everybody involved who made this event go over absolutely without a hitch. Um, I think there was over 110 people there approximately. It had to be between 110 and 120 people according to my count. Um, and it was a packed room. It was a beautiful, um, uh, an absolutely beautiful venue, the Arden Mead Center. And uh, uh, everybody stayed for the whole thing. I mean, everybody had great questions at the end as well. The question and answer session went for an hour and a half. Uh, and uh, people were really... Um, ready to receive this information, this knowledge. And um, I could tell there's going to be a lot of people there who are going to become teachers of this information as well. So I can't say enough good things about the seminar in St. Louis. Uh, travel was a lot of fun as well. So um, uh, again, highly successful. Uh, do look for the video coming up in the next probably several weeks. I mean, I don't want to put a, an exact timeline on it. The video will be ready when it's ready, but probably in a few weeks time, we'll have a, a video ready to go live on both the what on earth is happening.com website and my YouTube channel. Um, there will be on Thursday, June 19th. That's not this Thursday coming up, but I believe the following Thursday, uh, the free monthly documentary screening and discussion night uh, from Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. And um, that, that again, will be taking place Thursday, June 19th, 2014, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Guerin Recreation Center here in Philadelphia, in South Philadelphia. The Guerin Recreation Center is at 16th and Jackson Streets in South Philly. Um, <clears throat> this month, we're going to be showing for our documentary night the film Thrive by Foster Gamble. Thrive, subtitled, What on Earth Will It Take Okay, for Humanity to Create a Civilization that is Sustainable and Free and Thriving. And um, I think it's a very important documentary. Um, I really like how he breaks things down in that documentary and ex basically uh, lays it out there for the everyman to understand. And, you know, we have a new crowd that's turning out with uh, these documentaries. So we want to uh, go back and revisit some of the documentaries that we've actually already showed. We showed this in the past, but we talked about it and thought that this was one of the more important documentaries that we sh showed. So we're going to uh, repeat it uh, at the Guerin Recreation Center. So once again, Thursday, June 19th, 7 o'clock p.m. start time. Uh, it's at 16th and Jackson. There's a free parking lot entrance, 
entrance on Wolf Street, just between uh, 15th and 16th. And after entering the main doors of the Recreation Center, the meeting room for the documentary screening and discussion is the last room on the right-hand side. Um, it, the event is free to attend, but there is a um, cost associated with renting the Recreation Center, so we ask for voluntary donations just to offset those costs uh, for anybody that wants to uh, give a, a donation voluntarily. Uh, and uh, again, free parking, and feel free to bring your own food and drinks, uh, which are allowed in the Recreation Center. So, um, oh, and for more information on that uh, meetup uh, and that group in general, you could check out truthfreedomprosperity.org. Um, I'm going to make a preliminary announcement here tonight. Um, I will be uh, doing another all-day seminar coming up in Manchester, Connecticut, again hosted by Art Capozzi and Chris Capozzi. This will be taking place on October 4th, 2014. I know it's a long way off, but um, just announcing it preliminarily here tonight on the air. Hopefully by next week I could have all the details and uh, perhaps a, an event flyer ready to go and to share with the uh, listening audience. But uh, it's going. I do know the topic. It is going to be called demystifying the occult and it's going to be about occult symbolism and particularly particularly I'm going to get into tarot symbolism in this seminar in a larger way um so it's the 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 title of the seminar is demystifying the occult uh um Art Capozzi is also going to be giving a uh, presentation as well, like he did last time uh, up in Connecticut for my natural law seminar. And uh, I think this is going to be a really great event, and uh, it's going to be at a really great venue as well. And hopefully we'll have even many more people than we brought out last time, last time I spoke up in Connecticut. So that's coming up. Uh, in October, October 4th, a very synchronistic or synchromistic date, 10-4. Uh, 10-4 is about reception, right? 10-4, message received, okay? So I have uh, one more quick event announcement on the other side of the break, and then we'll be getting into our subject matter. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I have a couple of other quick event announcements. Um, People have been asking me about the progress of my book, which I told them uh, about several weeks back that uh, um, I'm going to be working on with an editor. And uh, the, the progress is going really, really well. And again, uh, when I first announced that I said maybe a year off, maybe further, I don't know. I'm still not going to commit to any date, but I just want to tell people it's going really, really well, and I'm very pleased with the progress of that so far. So um, that's something I'm, con- you know, we're continuing to work on. And um, also, people have been asking me a lot about the results of my juice fast. I did a 30-day juice fast 
back starting in um, <clears throat> around mid-February and ended it about mid-March, approximately. And um, I am very pleased to tell people that since I ended the juice fast, that 30-day uh, juice fast with nothing but um, juices and herbal teas, no solid food for 30 days, um, my blood sugar levels have not been elevated regardless of what I have eaten. So I'm not going to come out and just totally state and claim that the type of diabetes that I have is completely cured. Not yet. I'm not ready to make that claim yet. However, it looks like this really um, did what it was supposed to do. I'll say that for now. And um, uh, so far, so good. So um, for people who have been asking me about that, there's a little status report. Um, if this continues... Uh, the way it has been going, um, maybe somewhere down the line over the next few months, I can make a statement that say, yes, this worked. And it is a cure for diabetes that hasn't gone really, really far into insulin dependence. You know, a lot of people are looking at the new research about diabetes and, you know, there's been all this talk in past years about different types of diabetes, type 1, type 2, type 1.5, or what they call LADA diabetes, um, or ju uh, ju um, adult onset of juvenile diabetes, or uh, uh, LADA stands for latent autoimmune diabetes of adulthood, which is the kind of diabetes I was diagnosed with, meaning it's not sudden onset right to insulin dependence like juvenile diabetes, and it's not very slow onset to insulin dependence like type 2. It's somewhere in between. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, they consider it insulin dependent, uh, an insulin dependent form of diabetes, but not as extreme insulin dependence as type one. So, um, I was told I could never possibly even control this with diet by the allopathic medical industry, which was completely untrue because I recognized very quickly after I was diagnosed that I was able to control it with diet. And, um, of course, they'll tell you you have to be on insulin for the rest of your natural life, which is also untrue. I haven't taken insulin since February, uh, any amount of it, okay? And my sugar levels have been perfectly normal. I've been monitoring them, monitoring it and checking it each day. So, um, you know, a lot of what they're telling people about this disease is totally untrue to begin with. Um uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about this, uh, uh, yeah, the, the new uh, research that's coming forward suggests that there isn't different types of diabetes, that it is all really one type, and that it is just a matter of how fast you go from initial onset to total insulin dependence where the pancreas is so damaged that it stops making insulin altogether. So um, uh, clearly, the type where the pancreas isn't completely um, you know, hasn't completely gone to insulin dependence and isn't manufacturing any of it at all, can certainly be treated with a juice fast and possibly even cured with a juice fast. So um, again, so far, so good. Did a juice fast from February to March and my sugar levels have not been elevated since. I, I What I am planning to do as a maintenance to this is to do a juice fast for two weeks once every six months. So to kind of break a 30-day juice fast over the course of a year, do it for two weeks every six month, months as sort of a maintenance uh, for you know what I've already done uh, with a longer juice fast. And um, I feel this is going to keep this in check at bay or 
completely eliminated as far as I'm concerned. And I'm really happy with the results thus far. And thank you for all the well wishers out there. And thank you for all the people who, uh, you know, uh, wanted to, uh, were, were, you know, w were interested in knowing how it went and wanted a status update. So there you have it. So, um, one other quick thing I want to mention is that there is a support donation button on the whatonearthishappening.com website. It's on the left-hand side of the page. You can click uh, show your support by making a donation, and that will take you to a page where you can make a donation via PayPal or request uh, information on how to make a donation uh, via mail. So uh, that is up there for people who have found value from the information I've presented on this radio show and my po former podcasts. So if you, uh, you know, have found value from that and you are in a position where you can make a voluntary donation, you could do it through that support donation button on the left-hand side of whatonearthishappening.com. With that having been said, I want to direct everyone's attention to the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page. Um, and uh, underneath the player uh, on the radio show page, uh, this is whatonearthishappening.com slash radio, or if you just go to the main page, you could click on the radio show tab in the middle of the tabs. And uh, underneath the player, you will see images for tonight's show if you're listening live, or this will be uh, listed with the images for the podcast. Uh, tonight's show is number 158. Um, and uh, underneath the player, you'll see two sections of slides uh, with numerical links. There is 184 slides. This is probably, if I'm correct, the largest slide presentation that I'm going to with, that I'm going to give live on the airwaves that I've done yet. And I broke it into two sections so that the links would display somewhat decently on the slideshow. Um, so uh, there are two sections of 92 images for a total of 184 images. If uh, you have any issues with the slideshow or you just would rather prefer to look at the images from your own machine instead of clicking on them and having them open in a um, slideshow format on the web, uh, there is underneath both of those uh, sections of images a uh, section that says all cosmic abandonment slides download here in the form of a zip archive, a zip folder of images that is 48 megabytes. Uh, hopefully, if a lot of people grab this all at one time, it won't cause problems with the server, but uh, you have a choice to do it either way. You could either click on each images, image as I go through the slideshow, or you could download the zip archive and follow from your own computer. So with that having been said, uh, let us jump into the uh, material for tonight's show and probably the next several weeks, more likely than not, because I'll break this down slowly and take people's calls at the same time. So I will do my best, as I always try to do when I give a slideshow presentation on the air, to um, make note of the number of each slide as I move forward. So, um, you know, hopefully I could stick with that, and it usually works out pretty well. So here we go. This presentation is entitled Cosmic Abandonment, and uh, you could see the title card for this presentation in image number one. The subtitle, once again, is An Explanatory Synthesis Regarding Human Origins, Psychopathy, Slavery, and the Current Psychological and Social Conditions of Humanity. Now, the key term or phrase that I want people to take note of here is an explanatory synthesis. 
So what this means is a coming together, uh, it's what a synthesis means, a coming together, a bringing together of a seemingly diverse body of knowledge and information in an attempt to explain the current human condition. That's what this presentation is ultimately all about. And we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's continue with the cosmic abandonment presentation. And I was uh, telling everyone that this is what I call an explanatory synthesis. It's not what you would call a total proof, okay? I'm not claiming that it is. I'm saying that in light of a lot of this information that I'm going to present, When you put it all together, it explains a whole lot in a way that makes sense about what has been going on in human society for thousands, tens of thousands of years, okay? So, I originally gave this presentation at a meetup group here in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia UFO Meetup Group, hosted by a good friend of mine, Chris Augustine. And uh, Chris um, had a opening uh, in back in December of 2013. And he asked me, uh, I attend this meetup uh, regularly. Uh, Actually, I try never to miss it. It's probably my favorite meetup group in the whole area because uh, of the kind of people that show up that are quite open-minded, that are quite well-read, that, um, you know, are willing to explore... um, areas of inquiry that most other people's minds are completely closed off to. And um, I find it a quite high consciousness meetup group. And uh, I've even joked around with some people and said, this is my therapy session for the month. You know, it's where I can go to talk to other people who have done some homework about human origins and, you know, possible interactions with uh, uh, non-human entities, extraterrestrial beings, etc. The different myriad of possibilities of life throughout the universe. Uh, And uh, it gets into a lot of discussions about what's going on right here on Earth uh, with the control system and, you know, the uh, uh, shutdown of different uh, uh, technologies and and medical cures, etc. It gets into all of it, you know. So it's not limited to just one uh, slim or microcosmic uh, topic of discussion, but it uh, really spans the entire spectrum, so to speak. And uh, Chris asked me if I could present something at the meetup group, uh, and he had a, a whole two-hour block for uh, an open presentation available. 
And I said, you know, let me jump on this as an opportunity to present my thesis, you could say. And I don't even want to use the term my thesis. That's incorrect. This is a thesis that, uh, again, I look at myself as a person who has brought together the information, who has aggregated it and woven it together in a tapestry uh, with a particular style of explanation, presentation, aesthetics applied to it, etc. As, again, the old saying goes, ladies and gentlemen, and so many people uh, want to... um, you know, attack me personally for things like this. There is no new information. You know, people insist there's. He doesn't present anything new. This is just all stuff that's brought together from all different areas of inquiry and other researchers. And you know, well, of course, there is nothing new. You're not going to present anything new. I'm not going to come up here and say anything that hasn't already been said, folks. Okay, slavery is ancient. It's still going on today. It's been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. What would be new is if we ended slavery. Okay, that would be novel. Okay, that would bring something new into fruition in on this planet at least. Okay, but you know this old saying, I want to start with it. Um, There is nothing new under the sun. And people hear that or they may have heard it. And it's an ancient saying from many different wisdom traditions throughout time in different geographical regions throughout the earth. But a lot of people don't know what that phrase means. It means the truth has always been here and it has not changed. It exists all around us everywhere. The problem is humanity also has not changed. So the truth has been there all around them regarding what's going on on this planet and regarding what's going on with their psychological and social conditions. Okay. And humanity has basically ignored the truth. So there's nothing new. It's all the same information that always has been here. What would be new is if humanity took note of that information and then accepted it into their mind and heart and then changed their behavior as a result. And as a result of that, they changed their condition. That would be new. And unfortunately, as the saying goes, there is nothing new under the sun. That has not happened either. Therefore, there is nothing new. It's the same old story, folks. But to go back to uh, the dy- the interaction between me and Chris, um, I-, I said I took him up on his offer to uh, speak at this meetup group, and I'm really glad I did it because number one, it got me to put this presentation together, which I had kind of been lagging on and procrastinating doing because uh, it's, a, it's a tall order, okay? And I'm putting together the fine points of this now as we go forward. Um, and that's a real tall order as well. And, you know, hopefully I'll ha- have enough material assembled by the time I make it through the general presentation, the general thesis, to really go into the f- fine details and a lot of the source material in coming shows. So I want to unpack this over months, not just weeks. Okay. We're going to be staying on this topic unless something, you know, extraordinary comes up. Okay. Because, um, again, I've covered mind control for probably a couple of years. I've covered solutions for over a year. All right. Now we're getting into origins theory. Okay. And trying to explain 
how the entire condition came to be the way that it is now, which is extraordinarily important to understand. And people who think that this can be ignored don't understand how important the origins of a species are and how much control can be exerted over a species if you hide their true origins from them. I've talked about this ad nauseum on past shows. So we don't even need to belabor that point here at the beginning of this presentation. But, um, I, you know, I, I thanked Chris for the opportunity because it gave me a chance to formalize these thoughts in the form of a formal presentation and, again, give it structure and then, uh, you know, present that and get the, get the general idea out there to the public in the form of this quote-unquote thesis. And then I knew later down the line I would be able to explain it in finer detail and unpack it. So that's what I'm going to... Uh, start to do here tonight. Um, moving to slide number two, uh, I dedicated this original presentation and I will dedicate the uh, rebroadcast of this presentation on the airwaves over the next few weeks to the brilliant researcher Lloyd Pye. And if people are not familiar with Lloyd Pye, I'm telling you right now, it's a huge mistake not to have looked into his material. Okay. You need to become familiar with this gentleman and his work, period. That is how absolutely essential, vitally important Lloyd Pye's research is. And as you see, he died in 2013, just late last year. As a matter of fact, he died the week that I gave this presentation. Just before I gave the presentation, I think it might have been two or three days beforehand, I'm not quite certain. I gave the presentation on uh, what was it? December 12th, and he passed away, I think it was uh, the first week of December or maybe even just into the second week. So uh, it was very, very, very um, shortly before I gave this presentation for the first time. And he died of an aggressive brain tumor. And you know, you, you see a lot of researchers going this way. And, you know, people will say, well, it sounds conspiratorial what you're saying. But, um, you know, it, it, does, it would not surprise me if the technology exists to give someone a type of cancer that is very aggressive and fast acting from onset to the time when it goes terminal, as it was, as it was with Lloyd Pye. And, um, you know, it's really a shame because he was not that old. And I believe he was in his early 60s, if I'm not mistaken. I could be incorrect about that. Maybe he was in his late 60s, but um, uh, yeah, uh, late, late 60s, I guess. So he, um, he put out so much work about human origins and tied so many things together. And he did an extraordinary amount of work with um, uh, the star child skull. Okay, which is an anomalous skull that uh, was found, I believe, in Mexico and displayed characteristics that were completely different from any human skull ever found. And we'll, we'll pick that up on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. You know the day destroys the night, night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide, break on through to the other side, break on through. 
Back, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We are looking into an explanatory synthesis regarding human origins and the current psychological and social conditions of humanity that I call cosmic abandonment. And people will understand why I've termed it that as we move through this presentation. Again, it was dedicated to Lloyd Pye when I originally did this back in December of 2013. Brilliant researcher. People need to look into his work regarding human origins and hominids. Okay, That's his main work. I would suggest watching his YouTube videos such as Everything You Know Is Wrong, Hominids, and An Evening with Lloyd Pye. Uh, Again, he's also done brilliant work with the Star Child Skull, which he became the caretaker of. Uh, after its discovery, and uh, he's um, advanced the research of that forward a lot in the genetics realm to try to prove scientifically that it is not of human origin. Moving on to slide number three, uh, this is a quote, one of the uh, only uh, a few quotes that I might have throughout this whole slideshow presentation from the philosopher, the Greek philosopher Aristotle. He said that it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. And I would suggest it's the mark of a truly intelligent mind to be able to entertain any given set of thoughts without either accepting or rejecting them. Okay? So I'm not asking people to accept everything I'm saying here. But I'm also not expecting them to immediately reject it out of hand hand because it somehow conflicts with their pre-existing belief system or just because it is uncomfortable to even consider the possibilities I'm going to raise during during the course of this presentation. And uh, too many people cannot do this, all right, unfortunately. And it's part of the human condition that we're in. You know, we hear new information and we immediately try to fit it into one of our boxes. Does this fit in my religion box? No? Well then goodbye. Out the door it goes. And don't ever bring it back. Does this fit into my scientism box? You know, that the truth can only come from established mainstream quote-unquote science? Oh, it doesn't fit in that? Science says that it isn't, it isn't that way? Well, out the door it goes and don't ever bring it around me again. Does this fit into my new age box? You know, most things don't because anything slightly negative, you know, that that is saying something that is unpleasant to hear doesn't fit in the new age box, as we all know, you know. So if this is asking me to consider anything that is somewhat unpleasant, well, it's got to go, you know. Can't look at that. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's, It's so ridiculous how people think. It's unbelievable that we're still in that condition. You know, does this fit into my paradigm that there's such a thing as authority? My my government and politics box? No? Oh, well, then, then it's got to go. And God forbid, because I'm going to attack the global, worldwide, 100% um, omnipresent religion, the monetary god, in this presentation. You know, while it doesn't fit in with any kind of a monetary system, this information, well then, 
It's the devil, obviously. You know, and, you know, people can say all they want that that's not how the vast majority of people think, but that's exactly how it is. It's exactly how it is. And as long as people think that way, as long as people, when they hear new information, if it doesn't, if it immediately conflicts with their existing paradigm, their existing worldview, their existing programming, if they immediately reject it out of hand, the human condition cannot possibly change. That's the definition of slavery, is the inability to think differently than we're already thinking. Because the way we're already thinking has gotten us slavery, folks. So by definition, if you want to change the condition, you've got to change the way you think. And if you continue to think the way you've already, the way you've been thinking for hundreds of thousands of years as a species, okay, and it hasn't changed the condition, what, what, how could you possibly expect the continuation of that kind of thought to somehow lead to freedom and to somehow change the existing condition, which people say that they don't want? Impossible. So, I mean, this sets the tone of the whole presentation, this quote, as far as I'm concerned, which is why I opened with it. It gives us an insight into where the human mindset is already at. That's not already on board with my existing paradigm, it's got to be thrown out. Or if, hey, if I have been looking into this stuff, doesn't make a difference how possibly wildly off or inaccurate something is, I'm going to just take it all in and accept it as true. That's equally as dangerous. That's a form of right brain imbalance and, you know, just accepting everything. Filters have to be up. Discernment and judgment are required. Going into research materials, going into source materials, weighing things in the balance. That's what this is all about. Applying a filtration system, applying a truth discovery methodology, weeding out inconsistencies, asking yourself continuously, does this make sense given the current conditions? Does this make sense as a possible plausible explanation? That's why I call the whole presentation an explanatory synthesis. It's an attempt at explaining why we're in the position we're at today as a species. So let's move to the next slide, slide number four. And again, I'm going to take my time with this, like I did my New Age BS presentation, okay, when I did it on air. We'll unpack this over however long it takes to do it, okay? There's, <laughs> the world's not going anywhere right now. Slavery's not going anywhere right now, at least, okay? So we could take our time with this material, and, you know, try to give people a chance to take it in and digest it, okay? And do your, their own research in the process, which I'll continuously be su- suggesting different researchers and putting links in with these shows. So, this is my caveat or, you know, a, uh, you know, little before we begin section, all right? And here's, here it is. The information contained in this presentation does not constitute a proof, nor was it my intention to attempt to provide a proof. Proof of anything of such magnitude or covering all aspects of such topics could not possibly be accomplished within the confines of a two-hour presentation. Now, that was the time limit that I originally had to give this presentation when I did it live, which is extraordinarily short amount of time. And I really had to rush through it, and I made a couple of errors in doing that, which I'll try to 
correct over the, the uh, you know, slower unpacking of this presentation over the next few weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I challenge anybody, try to put something together, okay, that does as decent of a job as this presentation did, if you watch the two-hour version of it, that tries to tackle a topic this large, okay, and just give people little bits and pieces of all different seemingly disparate pieces of information that brings a picture or a tapestry together in people's minds as well as this presentation did it, which I, I will toot my own horn a little bit and say I feel I did a very good job in that short of confines, two hours, which I was pretty strictly limited to. I think I may have gone over by a couple of minutes, but not very many. It might have been like two hours and four or five minutes or something like that, but it was pretty close to the two-hour limit that I was told I had. So the second part of this caveat is also please recognize that I am not attempting to convince anyone to accept or believe anything contained in this presentation. I've said from day one, believing me is the worst thing you can do. I don't want to present information, you hear it, and you say, oh, that sounds good, I believe you. Worst thing that could possibly happen. I'm not interested in anybody believing or following me. Never have been, not, not now, and am never going to be. All right? I want people to research things for themselves extensively, eclectically, meaning from a, as wide of a possibility of sources, a wide, uh, an array of sources as is possible. That's how you <coughs> put that discernment and judgment into place. You research widely, not with a narrow focus. You have to become a generalist when it comes to these types of topics. I am asking, however, those with an open mind to seriously consider this explanatory model by asking questions and researching these topics for yourself. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. Second hour of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'll give the call in number once again. I'll be going to your calls in the third hour, if there are any. Uh, 800-313-9443. Once again, the call in number to join us next hour. 800-313-9443. And if there aren't that many callers, you know, I'll, I'll take the ones that do call in and uh, plenty of material, more than enough material to cover uh, during the, uh, the show. So let's continue where we left off last hour. Uh, I was uh, looking, we were moving to slide number five. Slide number five has uh, two images of the title cards from, or title slides from two presentations that I formerly gave on the topic of what you would consider the field of ufology, UFO, uh, non-human intelligence, etc. 
Um, the first was at, um, back in 2010 at the Philadelphia UFO Awareness Day hosted by Pennsylvania MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network of Pennsylvania. And <clears throat> I spoke with a lot of other great researchers that day, and I gave a presentation called Don't Count on Disclosure. This is one I have not put on my own website because I don't have the video of it. I believe it was filmed, um, but if not, if I'm mistaken about that, I did give that again uh, at a UFO conference. It was uh, one of the UFO Congress conferences, I believe, hosted by Dr. UFO Pat Marcatilio. So uh, perhaps he might have some of, he might have that video and I could get that from him and, and post this, although it was, you know, it was a four, four years ago I gave that presentation, but still really... Um, vital material, still really um, material that is very applicable today because it talks about all the reasons that uh, people who are interested in the UFO phenomenon, people who are interested in the possibility of human interaction with non-human intelligence should not get their hopes up as to uh, lines of quote-unquote official disclosure, meaning are governments of the world going to come clean and tell what they know about these phenomena? forget it. You're not going to see that happen unless government breaks down. When government breaks down and there no longer is a control system, that's when we're going to see the truth about human origins brought out in a much bigger way. Because these are the people who are actually holding this information down. Okay? This is what's locked up, you know, tighter than a vault. All right? And this, they don't want this information coming out to uh, the, the, for humanity to understand. Because again, the control of the knowledge of, uh, of the origins of any given species is the control of that species. And they want to continue to control humanity. So um, it was ultimately all the different reasons why you shouldn't expect disclosure, like, you know, free energy coming forward. Well, these beings obviously are not using fossil fuels and coal you know, shoveling coal into some kind of an engine on board their advanced craft, all right? Um, they're using technologies that we can barely conceive of or understand at our level of development. And it's probably technologies that interact with a much lower level of reality than we operate at. And I mean, by lower level, I mean much closer to the unified field level of energy and consciousness. And <clears throat> it's not based on excuse me, it's not based on, um, you know, uh, exploding substances together. It's based on tapping that unified field of energy and getting down to the, the very source, the underlying unified source of everything where things are undifferentiated. It's not about, you know, even, you know, chemical, molecular, or atomic level energy or nuclear or a subatomic even goes much, much deeper than that. It's what people have called um, unified field level energy, free energy, um, zero point energy, etc. That's one of the reasons for cover-up. Another reason for cover-up is probably religious faiths and traditions would break down because people would become very much aware of how much... um, the inter our interaction with these beings have to do with the formulation of world religions, which I'm going to talk about later in this presentation. The second 
slide uh, title card here on the right, Morality and Disclosure, I gave back in 2012 at another Pennsylvania MUFON conference. Uh, this was also a great event. Uh, I got to sit on the panel discussion group as well with uh, other great researchers like Travis Walton and uh, <clears throat> Richard Dolan and others. And um, uh, th this was subtitled Moral Issues Involved in the Continued Cover-Up of Extraterrestrial Phenomena. And what I did in this presentation was explain the overall worldview of secrecy and coercion and violence and absolutely no respect or uh, any kind of allegiance to truth that is necessary to main be maintained in the ongoing cover-up of the truth of our interaction with other types of beings. You know, um, <clears throat> the kind of aggression and violence that has been done to people who have tried to break a lot of this information out and the threats that have been made to them. I, you know, I talk about this a lot in this presentation. And I use the Roswell incident, uh, the alleged crash of a flying disc at uh, Roswell, New Mexico and the surrounding area of Roswell back in 1948 as a case study, a psychological case study of what kind of psychological dynamics are involved in the ongoing cover-up. And, you know, one of the things I did really want to get to in this presentation and didn't really unpack too much is the people who are really covering up this phenomenon are people in the military and the intelligence agencies and the media. They're who are ultimately responsible. You know, we have to go and ask that question, who is ultimately responsible for the embargo on truth when it comes to these issues? And it is those groups of people. It's the military-industrial complex who are protecting the energy paradigm, okay? It's the, the oil industry and the executives that run that and the bankers that are, lie behind that as well. But moreover, the people who do it directly are people in the military and intelligence agencies because they're the ones who, who are feet on the ground in cover-up operations when it comes to these type of things. And then the media just goes along and does whatever, you know, it, 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 the repeaters, you know, the correspondents, the, the as they're called, the prostitutes, they just do their job very well of just repeating whatever the military-industrial complex um, <clears throat> psychopaths tell them to repeat for a paycheck, you know. No allegiance to truth. And I'm very highly proud of how this presentation came out. I, I, I still think it's one of my favorite presentations that I've done for how it addresses part, a, a dynamic of a, an entire field that hardly anyone ever touches on that dynamic morality involved in the whole disclosure pr process and how people just don't have it. That's the, the reason we haven't disclosed the truth about this topic is because, again, the human species is largely an immoral species of beings. And that's not our nature. That is our current condition. All right? You have to make that delineation very clear between nature and the condition that we're currently in. So uh, this presentation is going to be given in a few parts. Uh, we're going to first do an introduction, which I call starting from where we were left off. And then I talk about the story of our past, and then I talk about the story of our present, and then I talk about the story of our future, or what we can do about the situation that we are currently in. 
Okay, so um, let's uh, let's begin section number one, and uh, this is slide number six. I call starting from where we were left off, and the were is in parentheses. So in other words, starting from where we left off, but this is a new twist on it, starting from where we were left off, okay? Meaning, again, that abandonment theme that we were left here, okay? And we'll get to what that ultimately means later. But uh, this is the introduction section. And again, I address the dynamic of religion here, the world religions. And again, people hear that, and this has been something I've, you know, pounded on relentlessly throughout, you know, all of my work and all of my radio shows and presentations. I keep constantly going back to this theme. Most people have a religion. And I don't mean just a cultural religion, meaning that they're a Christian, a Jew, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist, etc. They have a belief system or a worldview that is holding them back from seeing the truth. So we'll continue from right there on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Continuing with the cosmic abandonment presentation that I'm sort of giving as a prelude or a setup to unpacking more detailed information about what I call interference theory of human origins. Other researchers have called it intervention theory, like the person who I have dedicated this presentation to, Lloyd Pye. I consider it interference with our natural evolutionary progression. We were on slide number seven, <clears throat> and I was talking about the overarching worldviews that hold us back from where we say we want to go as a species. What I call the false religions. I consider there's only really one true religion, and that's truth itself. There's only one thing that could take us to where we say we want to go as a species. We want to go to freedom. We want to go to harmony, peace, free energy, exploring the stars. All the things we say are good for humanity, universal brother and sisterhood, etc., you want all those things? I want all those things. Most people will say, sure, yeah, I want all those things. Well, why don't we have them? Because mindsets that control the mind are holding back the manifestation of those conditions. Because as the mind is controlled, behavior comes out in a particular manifestation that prevents those conditions from occurring, that the conditions we say we want. Those are called false religions. Once again, the only way we're going to come to getting all the things we say we want for ourselves is through the acceptance of truth. When we accept truth 
And then we speak truth to others. And we understand natural law. Then we're going to have all the things that we say we want. You know, and the universe will come to our assistance as a species. And we will be able to do things that we thought impossible before. As long as we stay in false religions, expect more slavery. Expect the same old story that has been here for hundreds of thousands of years. And most people are still in one of these religions, whether it be, again, we talked about it earlier, politics, the religion of authority, all the cultural religions. They try to squeeze everything into my one little box of cultural religion, uh, what I've depicted there up on the upper right-hand side of slide number seven, you know, all the different cultural religions, Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Taoism, Shintoism, etc., and so forth. Okay? Then you have the scientism community that doesn't think that they're religious and they've just turned science into a religion. And of course, the New Age movement. And I've broken it down into the, you know, the left hand, the left uh, brain hemisphere religions, authority and scientism, and the right brain hemisphere religions, cultural religion and the New Age movement. All the things that hold humanity back. And everybody who's trapped in one of those religions thinks it's the answer. They've bought into a false paradigm. They've bought into a completely false notion of an entire worldview, a whole perspective of seeing reality from a totally filtered and cut off perspective. See, they want to make their false religion into the truth. When I've told people the only thing that's going to save humanity is making truth into our true religion getting rid of all the false belief systems, the false worldviews that aren't serving who we are. But people will try to put everything into their little box for consciousness because their consciousness is too small to expand it outside the parameters of that box, unfortunately. Some people listening to this show right now are in that position. Some people listening to this radio uh, station are in that position. You know, it's all fear that holds people back. And, you know, people will say, well, who, who aren't you including in here? You know, that's basically going and attacking everybody. Yeah, everybody with an ism, everybody with a belief system. You know, if it's a belief system that doesn't lead to truth, that doesn't lead to har- living in harmony with natural law and therefore becoming more free because you are becoming more moral as a human being and then as a species then that's an ism that is holding you back. And that's what all false religion is. And there's one overarching religion moving to slide number eight that binds them all together and brings them all together in a nice, neat little package because it's the ultimate religion that's running the whole planet. It has the most adherents, the most blind believers, the most blind followers than any other religion. You know, I'm telling you, you know, as the number one cultural religion in the world, Islam and Christianity, they're number one and two. They have nothing on this one. Zero. Okay? Absolutely nothing. All the atheists put together in the world, all the scientism believers, everybody who believes in government, all put together has nothing on the believers of the religion called money. It is the overarching worldwide religion. 
And people never even question the origins of the monetary system, of all money. They want to think, oh, it's all just about some bankers that came together to uh, alleviate the burden of carrying gold coins, okay? So they put them in vaults and then charged people, you know, gave people interest on keeping them in there and then realized that they could, you know, have actually uh, much less uh, actual deposits in their coffers than they were able to lend out. And so they can make enormous sums of money. It's called fractional lending. People think that's the origins of money. I mean, you know, this is utterly ridiculous. Money was around for hundreds of thousands of years before this. Okay, just because the established history doesn't want to tell us that doesn't mean that money and monetary systems didn't exist before that. Because money was given to us by the quote-unquote gods beings that have absolutely nothing in common with our better interests who are all about enslaving and controlling us created and gave us all monetary systems and we'll be looking at that as we progress forward in this information as well you know the people the farmers of this world invented money okay gave it to their animals, said, hey, how can we get our animals to interact better so we don't have to control the farm as ruthlessly and brutally, and it's a little bit less work to control the farm? Well, we'll come up with this thing called magical pieces of paper or magical chips of metal that they interact with because we've made them so screwed up that, you know, they're so barbaric in their interactions that we have to give them this fake system to, you know, get them to interact with each other in a little more civil manner so they're not running around this planet so crazy that they're impossible to control. That's where the monetary systems of this world came from. And there are people who are so attached to it. So, you know, I deliberately try to upset everybody here. Okay, because if you accept any of these religions, your mind is in a cage. And if it stays there, you cannot, cannot work toward true freedom. Because your mind is working toward a system of control called a religion that is going to keep the current human condition exactly as it is, enslaved. We'll pick this up on the other side. Stay with us. Silence about human origins cannot go on. Not if we're truly going to free ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We were on slide number one of my cosmic, uh, I'm sorry, slide number nine of my cosmic abandonment presentation, in which 
I pretty much put up this image of all the religions, you know, crossed out and uh, explaining to people that if you try to put um, consciousness into one of these boxes, the five overarching religions of the world, cultural religion, the new age movement, the religion of authority, scientism, or the monetary system, uh, more likely than not, you will be prevented from being able to see the bigger picture, the patterns, okay? Uh, and you will not be able to see what needs to be changed such that we can actually change the human condition and get what we say we want in our experience in life as a species. And, you know, too many people are in that condition, as I've already said, and there's a reason for that, you know, and it has to do with how we were made. So, slide number 10, there's the one religion. That's it. You want the one way out of slavery? There it is, staring you in the face. What's already been there? It's already there, has been there. It's not going anywhere. It's never going anywhere. Can't be destroyed. You know? The problem is, humanity refuses to engage it. (laughs) And humanity can certainly be destroyed. Oh, it can go away. You know, there may be nothing new under the sun. As far as truth is concerned, it's always been here. It's eternal, it's singular, it's objective. But, you know, one thing that can disappear from under the sun is the human species. There's nothing that says we have to remain here. We can certainly go. And we're well on our way, out the door, as a species, because of our refusal to engage truth. So, you know, slide number 10 shows what I call the one true religion. There's only one true religion. It has nothing to do with a belief system. It has to do with the acceptance of that which is, that which has occurred. And that involves looking into the past and being honest about what has happened here. Rediscovery of what has happened here in the past. And the truth is, on slide number 11, that we are in a condition of slavery. And again... You know, the people who listen to this radio show, they understand that. But uh, as I, you know, was giving this presentation, and I'll give this caveat again here today, uh, on slide number 12, for, for the people who don't already deeply understand already that the current hu- human condition is slavery, it is in fact slavery, that we are enslaved as a species, physically enslaved. Many of us are not spiritually enslaved anymore. Many of us are not mentally enslaved anymore. But if you're a human being living on planet Earth, you are physically enslaved. You are living under duress because you are living under government, externally imposed, coercive government. Therefore, your physical body is under the state of duress, which is slavery. Okay? So for people who don't already understand that, I personally am not, you know, under the delusion that they may have an easy time of, you know, hearing what's in this presentation. I fully recognize that for those who don't understand that that's the current human condition, they may not even be able to consider this information with an open mind because this information requires so much prerequisite information, which is why I didn't come on here day one and start unpacking this information on day one. It's show number 158 that I'm doing that. Okay? For the people that don't 
may be on the fence about understanding human slavery, okay, this isn't the material to start with. I don't recommend that you put people onto my work with this presentation and say, hey, you want to check out some of Mark Passio's work? Go check out his Cosmic Abandonment presentation on YouTube or on his website. Bad idea. Really bad idea. Okay, so if you, somehow you are new to this podcast and you know, you're hearing my voice now, okay, this isn't where you want to start, folks. This is where you want to end up, okay, information-wise. You want to go back and listen to the podcast number one and then podcast number one through 157, inclusive, before you start listening, listening to this material. This requires prerequisite knowledge, meaning knowledge that comes beforehand so you can establish a firm foundation in order to understand this information. That's what prerequisite means, okay? You can't take calculus until you've taken algebra. Algebra is a prerequisite for understanding calculus, okay? This information has prerequisite knowledge that lies in my earlier 157 podcasts and my earlier video presentations. So go check those out first before you turn yourself on to this information. Slide number 13, of course, there's my website that I, you know, put in there for the people at the live presentation. Slide number uh, 14, I explain to people that what the website addresses is the question of all power. Why is this the current human condition? And that's what this particular presentation is ultimately going to get into in a very big way. Now, you could look at mind control and say, well, is that the reason for the current human condition? Yes, it's part of the reason for the current human condition, but why are people so susceptible to mind control and don't want to think for themselves? What's the underlying psychological condition that makes them, puts them into that condition where they are malleable, where they are programmable, where they are able to eat pretty easily be deceived through the techniques of soft mind control? So what I'm talking about here in this presentation is the ultimate causal factors that have led to the psychological condition that humanity is currently in. How did we get from there to here? What happened in our past that put us into the current condition we're in now? Very critical to understand. And of course, you know, in explaining the human condition, we have to understand that Um, the reason that the current condition continues is because humanity does not live within the boundary conditions, the parameters known as natural law. Moving to slide 15, I started explaining that in this presentation. And I consider this presentation an adjunct or a continuation of my natural law seminar and my New Age BS seminar as well. Because if you don't understand natural law, you know, you're going to have a hard time with understanding this material and understanding the causal factors that have led us to experience what we are, the condition we are in right now, which is slavery. So what is natural law? Okay. Why is it so important? Why do I say it's one of the main factors for the continuation of the current human condition? Did something put us in this condition? Yes, 
But does that thing absolutely hold us in this condition? No. Ignorance holds us in this condition. You know, the information that we need to understand is there. Unfortunately, humanity continues to reject that information and does not want to understand natural law because understanding it places them in a position of adulthood and responsibility. And as children who have been abandoned, we want to fall back on that and say, well, we're just helpless children who are like this through no fault of our own. And while there's a component to that that is true, okay, it doesn't mean it has to remain eternally like that. You know, it's, it's this idea, uh, you know, we could just liken this for a brief moment to somebody who has gone into a state of self-loathing and then perhaps addictive patterns or addictive tendencies, like let's say some drug addiction, because they looked at themselves as inadequate because their father or mother had nothing to do with them when they were a young child. And this happens all the time. This is not a rarity. This is like the rule, not the exception to the rule. A lot of people who become drug addicts and who, you know, really do horrible things to themselves through drug abuse have abandonment issues, parental abandonment issues psychologically. And the rationale goes something like this. Well, my father, let's say, wasn't around when I was young. He took off and abandoned, you know, my mother and me when we were, when I was very young. This somehow is some kind of of a reflection on me. Perhaps I wasn't good enough, okay? He didn't want to be around. He wanted to take off. He wanted to be with someone else, okay? And then therefore, I'm going to see that as a a reflection on my self-worth. And I'm going to let that color who I see myself as. We'll pick this up on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. to what on earth is happening. Let's continue with the cosmic abandonment presentation. I was uh, talking about this dynamic where people fall into a pattern of self-loathing because of parental abandonment. And then, you know, they want to blame their continuation of staying in uh, a condition perhaps like drug addiction on the fact that their parent abandoned them, you know, Uh, during the early part of their life. And they're, you know, people who were 25, 30, 35, 40 years old now. Well, this is the past. You know, it's just, this is completely applicable to the current human condition. The story that I'm going to talk about happened in our ancient past. It's not what's taking place actively right now. Our origins are one thing and what happened to us in the past is one thing. But we don't have to let that define who we are today and color our worldview today. And this is why, you know, people say, because I even talk about this, okay, I have to be some kind of a 
uh, worker for the dark side because I'm trying to paint a hopeless picture in people's minds about the impossibility of changing things. I've never said that things are impossible to, to change, ever once. From show number one in, to this show, to in, in any of my former videos, ever, okay? I've always con constantly maintained change is possible. It can. The situation that we're in can be changed. Will it be changed is a different story. Can we summon the will to do what is required to change the current human condition? That remains to be seen. If enough people understand natural law and teach it to others, we certainly can. <clears throat> but the point I'm making here is... <clears throat> We, we have to understand while this is something that this trauma happened in the past, you can't let it define you in the current moment. You can't be that person who's in a state of self-loathing saying, oh, my, my father abandoned me when I was a child and therefore I'm going to continue to, you know, do horrific things to myself with drugs because my self-worth is still in the toilet bowl because I'm letting that scenario that happened 40 years ago determined who I am and how I look at myself today. The same thing has to apply here. We have to understand, yes, this was a tragic thing that happened in the past. You know, woe is us. It, it, it occurred, okay? But it's not what defines us in the moment. And we can change. We can do something different. We can respond to it. We can change ourselves epigenetically through consciousness, through awareness, then change behavior and then the manifested conditions will change. And this is how natural law works to bring us our experience. It works in the domain of consciousness and awareness with the capacity for holistic intelligence in the beings that have the capacity for holistic intelligence. That's where the epigenetic boundary conditions of natural law are operating. You know, uh, again, well, let, let's, let's move forward. Slide 15 is the slide that where I define what natural law is. So I, it says got natural law. Why not? Well, what is natural law? Natural law is the body of universal, non-man-made, binding and immutable conditions which act as the governing dynamics for the consequences of the behavior of beings that have the capacity for holistic intelligence. I'll say that one more time. Natural law is the body of universal, non-man-made, binding and immutable conditions which act as the governing dynamics for the consequences of the behavior of beings with the capacity for holistic intelligence. You know, people get confused about this sometimes. I, I could tell people send me emails and I could tell they don't understand exactly what I'm saying when I explain the dynamic of that natural law doesn't apply to the animal kingdom. It doesn't mean that humanity shouldn't treat the animal kingdom with nonviolence, okay? I, I've said many times, I have been a vegetarian for many years and I'm trying to go full vegan. I'm about what I would consider about 98, 99% of the way there. Still wrestling a little bit with cheese every now and again. I'm trying to cut that out completely though as well, but I'm almost 100% vegan and have cut down my consumption of any even dairy products by probably about you know 95% or greater, okay? So... Um, you know, probably over the next few months to a year, I'll make that transition 100% complete. But 
you know, my point here is when I say natural law doesn't apply to the animal kingdom, I don't mean it doesn't apply to our treatment of animals. Of course, natural law applies to human treatment of animals. Okay. How could it not? They're other sentient beings. What I mean is that the boundary conditions that govern human behavior are not the same boundary conditions that govern animal behavior because we are more than an animal. Okay. So, an, a, a lion who takes down a gazelle in a field and eats the gazelle is not going to experience the same natural law consequences than, let's say, a human hunter that goes out with a high-powered rifle and shoots a deer, all right? Because we have the capacity for holistic intelligence, and we, have, we can understand that that's not a necessary behavior, whether people, you know, through their religion called carnism still believe that it is or not, Okay. Uh, versus an animal is a is a, a lion is an animal that ex, is existing and operating on pure instinct and does not have the capacity for holistic intelligence because their brain does not have the complexity of our brain affording us the level of consciousness that we can arrive at which I am calling holistic intelligence meaning having both logical and intuitive and creative capacities working in balance together. In, hence, intellect plus the generative capacity called creativity. You know, and that also includes nurturing and care and, you know, compassion for others, for all beings. So that's what natural law is. And it's why we're in the situation that we're in continually. Until we understand natural law and live in harmony with it, we can't come out of this condition. Okay? So this is different for what got us into this condition. It's a different story. What keeps us in this condition is our ignorance of natural law. What got us into this condition is what I'm talking about in this presentation. But I'm making that distinction clear here in the early going. What does it mean to understand natural law? Slide number 16. Understanding natural law means truly developing conscience, truly having conscience, possessing what is known as conscience. And conscience is knowledge. It is the definitive knowledge of the objective difference between morally right behavior and morally wrong behavior. That is an objective difference that exists in nature. It is not a construct. It is not a human conceptual, constructual idea that exists only in the human mind. Because the actions take place in the physical domain. And therefore, they are inherent to nature itself. They are happening in the world of nature. So their difference, the difference between moral, morally right behavior, which does not cause harm to other beings, and morally wrong behavior, which does cause harm to other beings, is objective. It is not something that is subjective. And the knowledge of that difference is what conscience is. So what does, slide number 17 now, what does living in harmony with natural law actually mean? Living in harmony with natural law means exercising conscience, putting conscience into practice in our lives, putting the knowledge that we have developed called conscience, the difference between right and wrong behavior, into practice, into action in our lives through exercising behaviors that are in harmony with right action and not taking actions that are harmful to others. So 
exercising conscience means willfully choosing morally right behavior over morally wrong behavior once the difference between the two is clearly understood and integrated into the consciousness of the being. Slide number 18. What happens when human beings live in harmony with natural law? When we live in harmony with the laws of morality, and therefore we are, we have become moral beings, the human condition turns into a condition of freedom, and it stays that way for as long as we continue to live in harmony with natural law. So when human beings live in harmony with natural law, and they are therefore moral beings, they become and remain free. This is called the law of freedom. Conversely, when human beings live in opposition to natural law and are therefore immoral beings, they become and remain enslaved, which is why we're in the condition we are in right now. We'll pick this up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We don't need no thought control No dark sarcasm in the classroom Teacher leave them kids alone Welcome back, everyone. We're into the third hour this evening of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. If anybody wants to call in, I will be taking calls this hour. The number to join us, 800-313-9443. Once again, 800-313-9443. All right, uh, while we're waiting for some callers to call in, I'll continue with the uh, presentation, Cosmic Abandonment. We were on slide number 18, uh, and I call this the law of freedom. What determines whether a species that has the capacity for holistic intelligence is either free or enslaved? And it is the answer is whether or not they are living in harmony with the laws of morality, which are natural law. When human beings live in harmony with natural law and are therefore moral, they become and remain free. When they live in opposition to natural law and are therefore immoral, they become and remain enslaved. And that's how it works 100% flawlessly throughout the cosmos. If you want to change the human condition from slavery to freedom, you have to change the human condition from immoral meaning in opposition to natural law, to moral, meaning in harmony with natural law. And the problem with that is what I call, on slide number 19, the one true divide that exists within humanity. Most people believe in the existence and legitimacy of this concept called authority, which is slavery. Okay? And a a small, tiny fraction of people are out of that religion and know that there's no legitimacy to slavery. 
And that's the only real true divide between humanity that distinctly separates humanity into two distinct types of individuals. You know, all the other types of division are divide and conquer strategies. Okay? But this is real. This divide. And the criterion for that divide, again, is whether or not an individual believes in authority and therefore believes that there is legitimacy to slavery. The two types of people, of course, statists and anarchists. Statists are supporters of slavery by definition, and anarchists are opposers of slavery by definition. That's the only true divide. And I've, you know, belabored this in the, in the past, so I don't need to go into that here again tonight. You know, most people who have listened to my former podcasts and, uh, you know, my former presentations understand this and know my position on it. And, you know, people have to understand there is absolutely no legitimacy to government. There is no legitimacy to authority. It is an illusion. It exists only in a mind that is diseased. It's the notion, the religion, that a certain group of people that call themselves government have magical powers that other people don't possess. They have rights that other people don't have, okay? <clears throat> they can do violence to other people, unchecked and unchallenged. Make people do things that they don't want to do even though not doing them is not harming anybody, okay? Or they can prevent people from doing things that that aren't harming anybody, okay? Or may, I'm, I should say make people do things that they don't want to do that are causing harm, okay? And this whole idea that somehow these non-existent rights that are magically granted to government can somehow be delegated, can be given to a group of people. They don't exist for other people, but somehow those people who those rights don't exist for can magically grant or delegate rights, you know, quote-unquote rights, grant them to other people. There's no such thing as the delegation of a right that does not exist, the delegation of a wrong. It's an illusory concept. People have to understand that. And that's the problem. People don't understand that. They think somehow the laws of morality apply, but not for government. You know, then, it, then they're suspended. And again, it's all the, the, this filter mechanism that's just not present in a lot of people because of how much mind control they've been subjected to. They can't apply logical filters, you know, because, oh, well, this doesn't apply because this is my religion. I can't possibly look at this objectively, you know, from a, a p position of actuality and truth, because I have this mechanism that's in place called a blind belief system, you know, because... Uh, you know, I forget who said it, but if, uh, you know, understanding something means that you're going to lose your job or your paychecks, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, if, you know, your job depends on you not understanding something, then people will continue not to understand it, to willfully choose willful ignorance, you know? If, if making money, you know, determines, uh, if if... Somebody's job depends on them not understanding something. You know, they'll willfully choose to ignore the truth regarding that thing. And, 
you know, that's, there's no better definition of a religion than that. That's what religion is. Preventing and holding people back from the understanding of truth just because they're somehow benefiting or think that they're benefiting. Now, we're receiving these magical pieces of paper that aren't worth the paper that they're printed on, and I think I'm benefiting, and really what's happening is my soul is being destroyed. And I'm going into deeper and deeper bondage, and I'm taking my progeny there with me. Yeah, that's what's really happening. Okay? So let's move on to slide number 21, where I get really to the heart of what is at this, the whole matter, uh, what this whole presentation is ultimately about. What we're asking is why the current human condition continues the way that it is now. That's ultimately what we're trying to get at, that understanding. So what's going on psychologically within humanity that prevents the current human condition from changing? Okay, And yes, it's our ignorance of natural law, but why do we remain in that ignorance? Why are so peop most people on this planet so unconscious that they continue to refuse to live in harmony with natural law? They don't want the knowledge. Okay? They don't want to develop the knowledge of morality. Why? It's not human nature. See, that's where most people's mind will go. Oh, that's just human nature. No, it is not human nature. And if you think that, you are completely incorrect and do not understand what human nature is. You have a poisoned worldview when it comes to nature, the nature of human beings, and you think it's fundamentally flawed or bad. And I'm telling you, even with the genetic manipulation that's been done to humanity that we're going to talk about, human nature still is not bad. It is simply programmable. That is how we were made as programmable beings. Why do we fail to recognize the rampant presence of evil that's going on all around us? Well, that's because we don't want personal responsibility to change it. Why do we willfully, some of us, per willfully participate in such evil either directly or indirectly? And on the right-hand side, this tree of evil, as I call it, I'm trying to explain to people the causal factors for that the continuation of that condition. And of course, the reason that that continues is humanity's willful ignorance. And I put that up at the top of the tree, representing that willful ignorance is the leaves and the fruit of the tree. It is what the fruit, it is what the tree bears, ultimately. It is not the foundation or the root of the tree. So most people would say, well, What's deeper than ignorance? Well, are there reasons people remain willfully ignorant? Are there psychological factors for that condition existing? Sure. And we'll look at what they are on the other side of the break. Stay with us. You know, today destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. That's right, we have to break on through and get out of our self imposed barriers to self realization, to get out of the false religions that are holding us back from going to where, to the places that we say we want to be as a species. 
That's what this is all about, expanding consciousness and getting out of the mind control systems that we're living under. So um, we were talking about what are the factors that lead to the willful ignorance of humanity, of wanting to stay in willful ignorance and not look at the truth. You know, and uh, when we go down one level beneath willful ignorance, which I look at as the fruit that the tree of evil bears, it is the fear of owning personal responsibility. You could look at it as the the uh, smaller twigs and small branches of the tree. We don't want to be responsible for our own actions. We want somebody else to do our thinking for us. We want somebody else to do our discerning and judgment for us. You know, we don't want to really weigh our actions in the balance each and every time we take an action. You know, we want somebody to tell us this is what you do. Now go do it. And then you're not responsible. I told you to do it, so I'm responsible. And it doesn't work that way. You know? You're always responsible for what you do. It doesn't make a difference who told you it was okay or not okay. You know, you have to weigh the morality of an action. And through your understanding of natural law, take the right action over the wrong action. But people don't want that because that involves personal responsibility and knowledge that is hard won through effort of really deeply understanding the difference through discernment what is a right action and what is a wrong action. Then there's a condition that underlies that. Well, why don't people want personal responsibility? Well, what kind of people don't want personal responsibility? People who want to remain in infancy, in childhood, in a state of immaturity, children in other words. And that's mostly because they have not fully grown up and developed a deep personal relationship with themselves. They haven't developed true self-respect. They're still in a state of self-loathing. They're still in a state of confusion. They're still in a state of not understanding who they really are. Ignorance of self. You know, that, that go, that's what lies beneath willful ignorance of events that are taking place in the world. Ignorance of self. Why would anybody want to remain ignorant of themselves and how they work? Well, that's because they can't possibly truly deeply love themselves. They couldn't have forged a deep personal relationship with themselves, let alone anybody else. You can't have respect for somebody else unless you have self-respect. You can't have love for anybody else unless you have self-love. And then, moving to the next slide, slide number 22, and then I'm going to go to some phone calls. The ultimate thing that lies beneath the issues of willful ignorance, the fear of owning personal responsibility, deep issues of self-loathing, confusion and lack of self-respect, not having truly grown up or forged a deep personal relationship with the self. There are underlying parental abandonment issues that have not been dealt with or confronted. And they exist for almost everyone in humanity. And again, we talked about this in the physical sense with, you know, abandonment issues parentally right in the here and now with your physical parents. And that's whether they are there physically or not doesn't mean they're, they're you know, not may not necessarily be abandonment issues there. The parent can be physically present and there could still be other kinds of abandonment issues. There could be psychological abandonment emotional abandonment, spiritual abandonment, 
not being emotionally available for the child, not giving mental, emotional, spiritual, psychological support for the child. You know, then there could be physical abandonment issues, not being around to help support the child's physical needs, etc. All kinds of different abandonment issues. And what we're going to what I'm going to explain here is this is the underlying psychological causal factor for the condition that humanity exists in. I put this picture here on slide 22 showing the image of this bratty child being ignored by his parents who are sitting, you know, with another child paying attention to to her instead of him and he's in this freak out mode. And I thought when I was looking for an image to convey what humanity, the state humanity is actually in, this one jumped out at me like a freight train. Okay. It was just like, yes, this is exactly it. This is exactly descriptive of the condition humanity exists in. We are collectively humanity is that child that wants what he wants, but is acting out, okay, that wants to be paid attention to, that sees himself in some kind of a degraded way because of what his, quote, parents have done to him, is letting that influence what he does in the future, how he sees himself in the future, and therefore influences behavior. This is a model. This is a framework that we're working with as we move through this deeper information about human origins. I'm going to hold it right there, okay, and let people take that in and absorb it, all right, and, you know, put that out there for their consumption and their thought and breakdown, all right, and let's go to the phone lines and take some calls because there's plenty of people who have called in now and are holding on the line, Uh, and again, you could talk about this topic, what we've covered so far, ask any questions about it you want, or you can go off onto other topics if you want, you know, no taboo topics here. All right. So let's hear from Joe in Los Angeles. Joe, you are live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. Hello, Joe. Are you there? Hello? Yes. There you go. Hello? Yes. Oh, hey, this is Joe from LA. How's it going, Mark? I'm doing well. Welcome. Um, great. Um, Two quick questions. The first question is, um, you recommended uh, Michael Tesseri on uh, Origins and Oracles, and um, it's about 10 hours of video. It's excellent. I got through it, and my question is, um, do, you, do you think his end game uh, that he presents in the video of like the, the, the dark ones that are here from the alien race, do you think that they're really just trying to get back off planet and they can't because of the force field and they're trying to build up their tech? It's very possible that some other beings galactically saw this place as a um, area that needed to be quarantined because of what had been done here. I don't rule that possibility out. And who knows what technologies they may have put in place, you know? I mean, they they could be at such a level of understanding and and development that they could be non-technological technologies, if you want to look at it that way. They could be some sort of a spiritual technology that uh, prevents any quote-unquote escape from the prison planet. So I don't rule that out at all. Uh, I'm not saying I it definitely is that way or that's 100% true. I, I look at it as a possibility. 
but my mind yeah. is open to that to, to that that we are physically quarantined here you know i wouldn't rule that possibility out at all because after all yeah. you think about it from a perspective of this state of consciousness that we are trapped in is like a disease and they don't want to just do away with the beings that are here to just snuff out all that life because they want to give it a chance to develop and to grow and to learn and to evolve. So if you were in that position and you took compassion on what had been done to an entire species of beings, a whole race of beings, you might want to simply cordon it off from the rest of the local neighborhood so that what happens there, if it's extremely destructive, can be confined to that region, to that area. So uh, we'll continue this on the other side. Stay, stay with us. Stay on the line, and uh, I'll let you get to uh, another point if you want on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Back everyone, this is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We were talking with Joe from LA. He was talking about the possibility of Earth being quarantined from the rest of the galaxy because of what has happened here uh, and because of the condition that humanity continues to exist in. And I was uh, saying that I find that a, a plausible scenario, not saying that I 100% uh, definitely think that that's the case, but it's certainly possible because if you just think about it from a human perspective, if, um, you know, uh, some animals were creating a whole huge mess, we would try to quarantine them somehow or, uh, not have them just run rampant through our, our living space. And that seems to be what possibly has happened to earth, which is why, uh, beings only pop in and out of here occasionally, maybe to check in on, you know, what's going on, make sure we're not going to completely annihilate the planet. Um, because, um, you know, if we annihilate each other, that's one thing, but, uh, I don't think that they would even take too kindly to an, uh, another, uh, a body, uh, you know, a celestial body like the earth being taken out of existence, which we're, you know, pretty well on the way of in that respect as well. But, uh, Joe, uh, does that, does that answer uh, your question regarding my take on that? And do you have anything else for us? Yes, it, it really does. Cause you know, between your work on cosmic abandonment and everything else and Cesarian's work, you know, origin oracles, there's just so many possibilities to fathom. So, sure. you know, it's just, it's so nice to, like you mentioned, it's good to be a generalist. And I really am lucky enough to be that kind of person where I can really hold in my mind as many different theories as possible, just so that when something does go down, I'll be like, ah, that's the one that fits there. So sure. I, do have one other, I do have one other, oh, I'm sorry, go sure. ahead. No, go right ahead. Um, I just had a question. You mentioned earlier um, in your broadcast that you're going to go into more um, explanation of the tarot in a future discussion. And one of the things, I, I use the tarot, and I, I use it based on the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. Yes. Um, similar, similar, very similar, and majorly influenced by the way you describe in your podcast. Um, I noticed when I hit the 13 card, death, there's this picture of a bunch of the people dying. Like, there's like a, 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 a priest, a girl, and people from all different walks of life, they're dying. <clears throat> of course, death is coming in beautifully and gracefully on his horse, but then there's 
a cliff that seems to be rising, almost like Earth is ascending up on the right with the 11, you know, the, the double towers, sure. and, and the sun. So my question is, and I believe in, the, I know the soul is eternal, and I do believe in, you know, you pick certain incarnates. Sometimes I believe that the dark, they're also, in addition to this slavery thing that they have us in, they have us locked in, doing their bidding, doing, you know, making their money and their taxes and, and all that, but they also have us failing every time we die, so that we're kind of recycling each incarnate, and instead of evolving or ascending like we should, we just keep popping back in like a baby, trying to learn these lessons, stuck in the same taxes, military, left-brain schools, the religions of money, all this stuff, and never quite make it. And I think they, the dark forces that are off-planet or the, you know, I, I'm not sure, you, you know, the more ethereal dark force. Right. He's got a hand in that, too, just recycling these deaths. The deaths, you just keep going over and over, and that's why I believe people might have so many past lives, because you never get the, the idea of that ascension where you go, oh, my God, this is it. This is right. what this is all about. And per perhaps that's, that's, about, that's about ignorance in this life for which death is no cure. You know, the, the old, that old phrase, death is no cure for ignorance. Maybe we have to do our work in the here and now, feet on the ground, spirit in the flesh right here on earth and if we don't do that we're not going anywhere you know that's how i look at that um which is why the great work is the number one thing that we could do to truly learn grow and advance and evolve ourselves so that perhaps we can go on to another type of experience you know i'm not saying earth is the only experience here there's plenty of realms in the cosmos that we could be learning and growing in that are different from this experience maybe the only reason we keep coming back here is because we haven't learned the lessons of this planet that this planet yeah. has to teach us very possible scenario joe i want to thank you for the great questions and insights so thank you, Mark. Um, I appreciate it. absolutely yeah, and uh, look look out for that uh, uh, coming uh, presentation that I'll be giving in uh, Connecticut, in Manchester, in October, because I will be going into uh, occultism. I will be going into the difference between occultism and mysticism. I will be going into occult symbology, how it is used for both subversive purposes and mind control, and how it is also used for how it can be used if people... Uh, understand occult knowledge from the very positive perspective, how it can be used to uplift and awaken your fellow humanity, uh, your fellow man, uh, and all of humanity by uh, employing it in a uh, uh, very conscious way. And that is how traditions like uh, very uh, symbolic, tr rich symbolic traditions like the tarot have been used by what I would call light occultists or de occultists throughout the ages. So uh, that'll be coming up in my uh, future presentation uh, called Demystifying the Occult in October in Connecticut. So uh, let's move on to another caller. Uh, let's hear from Swami Shivananda Giri in Illinois. Swami, welcome. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Agape to everyone. This Swami welcomes you with great love and great respect from the heart of all. Swami, it was so great seeing you out in St. Louis and getting oh, getting to hang out with Shakti Ma as well. And uh, we just had a great time uh, at the uh, uh, the event at the uh, the venue, and then afterward at the after party at, at Ray and Pat's place. It was just an awesome weekend. Yeah, we had uh, on Type One Radio Ashram Network on Blog Talk. We had Ray on today on the uh, Type One Radio Lounge along with Freighter really? and Thomas Sheridan. Oh, awesome! So he could his aquaponics setup <laughs> because i see that as something that 
communities need. You know, if we right. can free ourselves from the food requirements by providing ourselves with community aquaponic setups, this then gives us both protein and vegetation for barter, for, you know, for community support. Yeah, he had definitely had an interesting system set up that uh, <laughs> looked, you know, like it was pretty uh, well sustainable and, uh, you know, um, grew a whole lot of greens that way, I'll tell you, you know. Yeah, he was, he was telling us that uh, he could, with, with the very small, I mean, his, for those listening, his setup is smaller than a one-car garage by a lot. Yes. And he said that would support, I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in a survival circumstance, that would support up to 15 people. Amazing. And that's sustainable year-round. Oh no, yeah, he said he he was he was growing all uh, those greens in in winter, and you know uh, it, it barely um, you know uh, took any steam out of the equation the entire winter. You know, right? So that was you know that was why I wanted to have him on uh, on the lounge just to expose people to the fact that this stuff exists. It is an option. You know, I mean, we, we are so blessed. This Swami <laughs> is so blessed to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and others uh, for the good of team humanity, raising consciousness, one heart and mind at a time to whatever level they can take on. And, and just, you know, I mean, I was explaining to Shaktima that just the information you went over that day once upon a time, one would have to be a part of some sort of secret society even to get exposed to Sure, it. that's right. And, no? and what I was highly impressed with, Swami, when I asked people at the beginning of the day how many people were completely new or at least relatively new to my work, over 50% of the hands went up, you know? Right. That I, I was highly happy with that because that means the information is reaching more and new people and they're going to be turned on to it and then they're going to share it with others and it will expand and it will snowball from there. And we're, we're, going, to, we're going to make more teachers as a result. You know, I, that, that old yeah, saying that, I'm sorry, that, that old saying that the, re, the, the true master the, 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 the master who's the most effective isn't the one who has the most people listening to him or the most students, if you will. It's the one who makes the most masters or who influences people, at least, you know, even saying makes them masters is wrong, but who influences oh, them to go on and become masters themselves and then to teach others. That's the most effective teacher right. or master. And that's, that's one of the things uh, this Swami was talking about on that show was that in, to, to be very honest, to have a bunch of followers is a big pain in the ass. That's right. They want you to micromanage oh. their stuff, and you just don't want to deal with that. This Swami wants everyone who is capable to rise up to the very same level. In a spirit you know? of independence. Share with more. That's exactly right. Swami, always enlightening to hear you. Thanks so much. 
for your great insights. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening, final segment for tonight's broadcast. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit here. Let's hear from Bob in Poland. Bob, you're live on What on Earth is Happening all the way from Poland. What city are you in in Poland? Uh, Bob dropped. Oh, okay. Bob dropped off the line. Sorry, it would have been nice to have a caller from from Europe there, but uh, no worries. Let's go to Mike in New York. Mike, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Mike, uh, good to, to hear bring... from you. Thank you. Uh, I want to bring up a, a person uh, that you had uh, introduced me, uh, not physically to, but uh, the information. I'm sorry if I'm saying the name wrong. It's uh, Krishna uh, Murchi. Oh, yes. Jiddu Krishnamurti. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, what 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 are the outstanding information? But uh, you know, one of the things that it really hits home uh, with this is that um, you know, holistic understanding brings order into your life, uh, where you have built chaos. You know, uh, and really, you learn how to reverse reverse it, where you have the chaos on the outside, but inside you have total order or unity. Uh, an understanding, a holistic understanding of yourself. Uh, that's that's really where we, we, we lost our power. Uh, we, we lost the understanding of ourselves, why we're here, who we are. Uh, I know uh, I was really lost in my life. Uh, right about the time of 2008, 2009, when I, when I found your information, the way you presented uh, everything, like you said, nothing is new under the sun, but the way you presented it, uh, really, really changed my life. And the topic you brought up with uh, uh, parental abandonment, uh, I feel more in my life, I, I had, had pretty decent parents, uh, but I, I abandoned them or I rejected them uh, because I, I I wasn't sure of who I was, but I knew I wasn't them. Uh, I think uh, coming from a very uh, uh, religious Catholic Italian family, uh, and not going along with the flow is, is very difficult sometimes. Sure. Uh, but I, through the information uh, that you presented and how you presented it, and really taking in and, and studying and, and practicing uh, in, in your own life the information, I was actually able to uh, find peace or, or, or make up with my father before he passed away. And... Uh, I think without the information, without that timing coming into my life, I don't think I would have been able to do that. But I wanted to thank you personally uh, for helping me achieve that before you passed away. So that would be something that I would regret not being able to do. Uh, so your information actually you know, it brought back uh, the relationship where it was broken before and uh, you know, it was healed. So it is possible. And I thank you for it. 
Oh, that's really awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the information that I shared was able to help you to do that uh, in a relationship sense with uh, a close member of your own family. So that's really appreciated. Thanks. Thank you so much. And I, I hope everybody, uh, you know, listens to the show uh, in order uh, and put, put the information into practice in their own life. It will change you for the better. Thank you. Mike, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to hear from you. And that's what it's all about, folks. I mean, it's about, you know, learning and through what you have come to learn, sharing that with others and creating a shared growth experience as a result where everybody is changed and transformed for the better in the process. And that's what the great work is all about, you know, and if more of us did that, we would see radical transformation throughout society at such a more rapid pace than what we're seeing now. I think we're on the very verge, the very, very tip of that process, but it's, there's not enough there to, to tip the process in, you know, toward the positive direction right now because of still how much mind control and false religion and fear is going on. You know, if more of us get involved in that teaching process you know, the sharing of information process. It's going to, that, that shining that light is going to give other people, quote unquote, permission. It's going to allay their fears. You know, when you speak out, other people see that and they take that as a, as a sign. They take that as a, uh, an encouragement, you know, that's helping them to develop the courage that you have developed for speaking out openly. You know, more of us do that the transformation for betterment of this species is going to happen at an accelerating pace. So Mike always uh, brings uh, excellent um, excellent uh, viewpoints and insights to the table whenever he calls into the show. So Mike, thanks for that. Let's uh, hear from another caller. Let's hear from Raphael in Indiana. Raphael, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. Uh, pleasure to speak to you. Um, as always, powerful and, and from informative information you always have. Um, just want to comment on the tapestry of information that always blows me away and always inspires um, all of us. And, uh, you know, just uh, a quick comment. I came across a past podcast where you mentioned uh, you were on a guest on Bob Tuscan's show and uh, you came off across the topic of carnism and some of those callers. And uh, yes. the link wasn't working, so I looked all over and I actually found it. I listened to it. And I was, I was pretty amazed and shocked. And, and some of these callers, oh, as far sure. as the first guy just wanted to make fun of you guys as, as, as the quote. The second guy wanted to justify his uh, scientific means as far as pr- protein. The third guy quoted scriptures. And the last guy, basically, when you mentioned the laws of correspondence, he basically said, I don't believe in that. That's right. All religion. What you are witnessing there is religion. Carnism is a religion, you know? And all of those people are trapped in that religion, something that holds people back from where they say they want to go. And, you know, I I don't make this the number one issue when it comes to what we need to change. Of course, it's something we need to change about the human species, but um, I look at it like we need to see what we're doing to ourselves first and foremost, and what we're doing to other humans first and foremost, because that's where people in an ego identified mindset can see, 
You know, you, you, if you go right to that issue, people in a totally egoic identified mindset are going to have an even harder time seeing what they're doing to other species that they have no right to do. Uh, and it, it can be a very difficult thing to get people to see, uh, anything different from what they've been programmed, uh, according to, uh, according to a religious belief system. I mean, let's call it what it is. So, um, I haven't like what I would call harped on this. Uh, you know, I've extensively gone into it in a couple of podcasts and destroyed the meat is necessary. It's natural. It's normal. It's necessary, et cetera, argument that we can't get the sufficient protein from vegetable matter. Of course you can through spinach, through other leafy greens, through carrots, through, um, you know, uh, quinoa, uh, beans, etc. I mean, there's so many things that have protein in, in, in the plant kingdom. It's, it's, unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, this notion that, uh, you can't maintain total health by eating a plant-based diet is just, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's ludicrous. Of course you can. I'm personally proof of that. I'm also proof of it that it can reverse conditions that allopathic medicine and traditional mainstream science say there's no help for or, or, or possible cure for. And with a little bit of willpower and a little bit of dedication toward doing the right thing when it comes to putting what we should be putting into our body into it, um, you know, we can make extremely powerful changes that then flow over into behavior, not uh, you know, thought, and then of course into behavior. And it it also teaches us the lesson that you know. Um, of what is our property and what is not our property. You know, are other beings lives? Do they belong to us or is that their lives to pursue? This idea of live and let live, you know, has to really be exercised. That is the non-aggression principle. That is the sacred feminine principle that we should all strive to live according to. So Raphael, thank you so much for that great call. That's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, there's only two mistakes you could ever make on the path to truth. Not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you right here next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Yeah.